0: listening to the full 10 yards podcast with your host Timothy Lambert Monk
1: Yes, we welcome you in to another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Divisional round is done and thanks to Drew Brees and all in Saints, we have a podcast today. So thank you to those involved. Have a great show in front of us today. We have, of course, the Full 10 Questions. It is a Tuesday, and we have, so we have a super fan on the show today answering some questions. We have Roger Goodgroves to go through a couple of calls that happened over the weekend in some of the games, the Dallas game and the Philadelphia game. Um, but Lee is going to join us and we're going to recap every, all four games. Lee, I know you said last week was Victory Tuesday. Uh, what, what does that make this week? No, it's
2: no, no, downbeat Tuesday. What did I call it earlier? Is that what I said earlier? Yeah, I think um, yeah. And then I was texting Mike uh, saying, yeah. well, let's just not bother on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm still not over it, honestly, So yeah. might yeah. not be my usual positive self today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just just to peel back the curtain there for all the listeners. Uh, yeah, Lee, Lee texted me after the uh, the Chargers game. Said, "Should we not bother on Tuesday?" I said, "Well, if Philadelphia win uh, against New Orleans, we won't be doing a podcast today." So, but thankfully, Drew Brees. Happy birthday, by the way, to him. It's his birthday today. Giving us a nice little present for him to be able to broadcast this podcast to you. <laughs> so yeah, there is that. So at least we at least we at least we're transmitting. Yeah, well,
2: at least we. Yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> just get <gonna> over <laughs> Joking, no, it's uh, it's a look odd Obviously, uh, they were actually really good games. Uh, all in all, I thought I thought they were played in good spirit, and um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed uh, the other three
1: games. Mm. I I thought they were awful. <laughs> I thought the first three <laughs> game. I thought the first three games were awful. Might really? Be, yeah, it might be because the bar was set so high for them, and all the storylines going into it, and it was hyped up. It's like a main event, like a PPV in, in WWE. That that doesn't.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you, if you have too much expectation, I think that's what sort of distorts the reality. I thought. I mean, yeah. The Colts Chiefs, which we will on to in a minute, was a bit quite one sided. Our game was obviously not enjoyable for me, mm. but I'm sure lots of other people enjoyed that. Mm. Um, some weirdos, mm. Um mm. I quite enjoyed the, the game last. Um, the last game, but, and then I thought the Rams Cowboys was all right as well, actually.
1: Obviously, you didn't enjoy that. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I'm yeah, the thing. Um, yeah, the 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 Philadelphia game was obviously the game game of the weekend. We'll get to all of them in a second. But at the end of the show, we're going to talk about broadcasting uh duos as well, because obviously that puts makes makes a hell of a difference into into watching a game. So have a little chat on. Maybe we'll put a poll out as well on people's favourite broadcasting duos. See if we if we're like they, or maybe we differ. Um, maybe one I I quite enjoy all of them but so yeah we'll get to that a bit later on Uh, and of course uh, it's a podcast we are going to start doing a warm welcome so this podcast warm welcome is to Jamie Blymeyers at Jamie Blameyers. I think I've hopefully said that right Um, but yeah Warm welcome to you, my friend. Thank you for listening. Anyone else that wants a warm welcome on the podcast, get in touch with us at Full 10 Yards. I uh, haven't said our, our personal Twitter handles for a little while, so I'll do those. Lee is at Wakefield90, and I am at Tim underscore eight, uh, Monk85. If you want to give us a follow, uh, I think I have a, a paltry amount of followers, so any following there is, uh, is appreciated.
2: Yeah, welcome, Jamie. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, always good to have a new followers on, as always. So, yeah, get in touch if you want to get shout out if you're new listener.
1: Yeah, obviously coming uh, coming to the, the business end of the season now, Super Bowl just a couple of weeks away. We'll be looking at doing reviewing all of the teams. like I said a couple of weeks ago, if you want to come on and review your team season, uh, ten fifteen minute segment on the podcast, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on. We'll get those rocking and rolling in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've made a couple of notes there on a couple of teams for the and the guests have already been lined up. And Super Bowl week as well. Um, I'm not going to do it a spoiler, but we have a little surprise, uh, a little little something special lined up for you uh, ahead of the Super Bowl. So so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But Lee, let's get into the divisional round then. So let's start with um, this, this going time order as we normally do. Indianapolis versus Kansas City. This was dubbed as uh, you know one of the biggest shootouts of the weekend. Uh, you know could Indianapolis go in and trouble KC. Prior to the game it was all about the snow that there was there and then perhaps wasn't but it was a it was a it was a cold game uh, and the Indianapolis Colts kind of froze in in the, on the big stage. Yeah,
2: they did, didn't they? Um I think at the end of the day, we'll look back at these four games as a whole, and it's kind of like a bridge too far for all the all the teams that went out at this stage, I think, um, either not there in their development as a team, or, yeah, just not quite, you know, as good as needed to be. Uh, and, yeah, like I say, this one was pretty much over before it got started, didn't it? In the first drive, the Chiefs' offence was carving up uh, the Colts, and, yeah, it just seemed a little bit too much, uh, a little bit more than they could chew. Mm. Look never got going, and... Um, and like I say, it was pretty much out of sight early on, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Chiefs dominated on the ground as well. The yeah, as air. Damien Williams had a big game. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins was pulling off some great catches. That one particular one with one hand uh, to bring to mind. And all their pass catchers, really, uh, just had really good games, I think. Uh, and it's just another one. of the feather, uh, feather in, the, in the cap of Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? We yeah. talked about, like, you know, inexperienced rookie quarterbacks, um, you know, inexperienced slash rookie quarterbacks. Mm. You know, having their first or very early uh, playoff appearances, and you know, it just came to him easily, didn't it? It wasn't wasn't something that, that looked to sort of uh, to phase him too much, I would say. Uh, you know, like I say, even on a cold day, um, even though it was at home, but yeah, a cold day is always tough. To play, cold hands for quarterback, tough hands for pass catchers as well. Mm. But yeah, always all all with a breeze, really, did not it?
1: Yeah, another another snippet for the highlight reel for 2018 for Patrick Mahomes with the uh, the sidearm to to Travis Kelsey, which was uh, was was a joy to watch. But yeah, going into the game uh, and obviously with with the snow, everyone was expecting Marlon Mack uh, to run right against a team that was uh, I think second worst yards per carry at five uh, against the run. But the Kansas City defense choosing to to play big and, and, and come to, to come to play uh, the right moment of the season, uh, which makes you wonder where they kind of had that. Uh, for the rest of the season, considering how bad they were uh, on defense for the rest of rest of the year, but uh, yeah, home field advantage. Andy Reid, obviously, yeah, getting the chip monkey off his off his back a little bit with with a win there. I think he was uh, he hadn't beaten the Colts as well, so um, I think it was 0-4 if my memory serves me correctly. But yeah, Indianapolis, the telling stat from this game, naught of nine on third down. So Indianapolis just not being able to to get anything going on that on 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 offence there with their, their points coming you know initially from the from the block punt there, um to, to try and get them going. But mm. yeah, Kansas City took control early, they ran the ball well and and Indianapolis just couldn't couldn't penetrate the, the Kansas City defence.
2: No, not at all. Um, yeah they did, they came up big didn't they? Well, I was obviously doubting them last week and saying that I think that um the Colts offense matched pretty well and that you know even before that before the club, I was saying that I couldn't really trust the Chiefs D. Uh, but obviously both of those things um, not coming to fruition really in this game. And yeah, they they got marched on, and I think uh, it be a really good game next week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's the first time as well, I think, since 1990, where the one and two seeds both contest in the uh, Championship games as well. And it just it kind of thought to my mind. You, you mentioned about, you know, the, the, the teams that had the buy and the better teams kind of, you know, demolished the, the, the second tier teams. There actually was pretty much a, a tier. You could see the tiers there in the teams, couldn't you, in terms of quality. Um, you know, the, the one and two seeds, well, maybe not necessarily Patriots because we've been slagging them off for the last couple of weeks. But you could tell that they've had a week off and you could tell that they're, they're better, uh, more efficient and, and better coached and, and more effective in, in execution.
2: Yeah, and in some ways, um, with some of the teams more experienced in the playoffs as
1: yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, uh, especially at the key positions, you know, such as quarterback. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, Kansas City. Obviously, will host the New England Patriots in what could be one of the free, um, the one of the coldest games in playoff history. So that'd be quite interesting to see how. Um, you know, Patriots are used to playing in cold weather in January, being at home there in, sometimes in Foxborough in previous years. But I just wonder as well, uh, Lee, with with the coldness, do you reckon that affected Andrew Luck's shoulder at all? It could do.
2: Yeah, it, it can do, can it, when you've got an injury, especially a long-standing one uh, to a joint, and, you know, cold weather can affect it. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, potentially, um, can't really out, but, you know, I don't think that's ever going to out if that is the case. Mm. It'll be one of those things that's kept the, an in-house secret forevermore, I reckon.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs also managed to snap a six-game home losing playoff streak there, uh, where their last win was against the Pittsburgh Steelers in, back in 1994 in the wild card round. So um, a few things ticked there in the box for Andy Reid and a bit more confident, maybe a bit more confidence in him now in the playoffs than maybe Theresa May has just got <laughs> in the House of Commons. But there we, we, that's a whole other story. Let's move on to the Rams uh, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> the video is coming out prior to with, of Zeke walking down the. Uh, down the driveway a little bit there with, I don't know what he had in his bag there, I'm not quite sure, but uh, everyone uh, jumping on the opportunity to put uh, the letter L in there and see him carrying the L. But yeah, this one, I I think uh, going into the game, it was all about what what Dallas could do defensively and they got absolutely gashed on the run uh, over 200, I think it was 270 yards to both collectively CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley who both had 100 yard rushing games and they've only given up three all season Dallas and two in that game. So it just shows you um, maybe a bit surprising how they handled uh, that game. Uh, but, yeah, Dallas not really getting much pressure to Jarragoff. I think it was only one one pressure that they got to him. But, uh, they, again, they couldn't stop the run in the LA Rams offensive line getting the job done.
2: Yeah, it was a tale of two ground games, I would say, really. Uh, both tried to establish that one game early on. Um, you know, Zeke just never got going, though, did he? No. Um, and then, you know, even though they, got, they went ahead early on and held the Rams to a couple of field goals, uh, it's it never felt like the Cowboys were going to pull away, um, You know, they just felt like if the Rams could just get one, then they would, they would go on and, and probably control the game and that's what they did. Uh, like you say, Gurley and Anderson, um, well back the years, Anderson really didn't he? Mm. Um, you know, with touchdowns without gaining Todd Gurley especially, mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's been a sort of inspired time hasn't it, yeah. um, and Gurley did like not have a bad game either. And then, to me, as I was watching the game, I just felt like once Dallas were in a bit of a hole, Dak decided to miss early and easy throws. And it just meant that the offense just stood a bit more. Um, but one thing I will say, just on a positive, for our favourite uh, head coach, I thought the, the game on both sides, and obviously we expect this from Sean McVay, but offensively, I thought it was coached in the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, Both teams went for it on fourth. Uh, it was quite a bit of play calling on both sides. Um, and you know, it was just like I say, just like we said at the top of the show, it was just a little bit of a bridge too far for one team. Um, just shows, I think, it's just awfully hard to go out and win on the road, especially when, we, like we said, the, when the opponents had a week off. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. When you give someone like Sean McVeigh or Bill Belichick a week to prepare for for a team, it's um, you know, doesn't usually end well. But yeah, Ezekiel it just managing two point four yards per attempt in the game. For, was it forty seven yards on twenty? 20 carries, um, yeah. I mean, the, the touchdown pass to Amari Cooper. That drive was was pretty nice. Um, yeah. After holding, you know, the, the, the Rams to a couple of field goals early on, uh, taking a 7-6 lead. But when t- Todd Gurley stretched the lead there, you kind of the, the right one was on the wall, and then like, like um, it just, they just couldn't get a stop, could they, uh, on the on the ground? And that's what happens because then the, the clock gets gets chewed, uh, and then you know, your your opportunities. Obviously, that's the that's the basis and the foundations of how Dallas plays. So kind of beating it that, their own game there. But I just want to Jared. Goff. now I know you say he played an okay game, 15 to 28 for 186 yards passing, but he's not actually really had that great last month or so. Ever since they they had that high scoring game in Kansas City, he's not really played that well. And I think the the run game kind of covered over that there. So it would be interesting to see what he's like. Uh, in New Orleans next week, where he's got loads of noise, uh, he won't be able to have Sean McVay talking to him. He won't, might not be able to be coached uh, through the helmet when he's you know kind of calling plays, and it'd be interesting to see how he handles that. But yeah, he's not he's not been the Jared Goff of the early part of the season, setting setting the world alight and, and throwing some dimes. Just just kind of did what he had to do, I suppose. And I suppose when you turn to the run game, that's kind of what happens.
2: Yeah, I'll whisper it quietly if you can do such thing while you know broadcasting a podcast, but. I don't think Jared Goff is would be anything like what we saw earlier on the season without Sean McVeigh. I think he's a system quarterback, mm. yeah. Um, and I think yeah, McVeigh does give him a lot of coaching. Obviously, they run they run the, the sort of system where he can talk to him for as long as possible in the helmet before you know they actually go out and, and actually execute the play. And he, he seems to sort of be an extension of McVeigh, um, and kind of I don't know. I, I get the feeling he's kind of like an actor acting on behalf of McVeigh on the field yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how to express it more than that I, I don't know if, if that comes across with how I, I, what I actually want to say but that's it, kind of like the closest thing I can actually liken it to to
1: be mm. honest yeah I mean it's, it's well known that uh, Sean McVeigh talks to Goff uh, through the helmet quite up, up until you know so when the play clock oh, hits fifteen yeah. the the mic comes off doesn't it so Beatrice does to see yeah. you know what Goff does with all that noise and having to try and make make adjustments if you can't hear McVeigh very, very well he may he may well struggle but if you've got a running game that have uh, got two hundred yard rushes you don't really need a quarterback to do anything.
2: Well yeah the, the offense runs through Todd Gurley doesn't it and and he will do for as long as he's there I think and like you say that that makes it a hell of a lot easier for. Um, you know, a, a quarterback, especially a young one, and it, it also can ring true for Dallas as well. So they've got the they can they can sort of mask Dak's shortcomings as well. Mm.
1: Yeah. So another season over for the Cowboys. So uh, Cowboys fans have uh, to look forward to in the offseason an extension for Jason Garrett and the return of uh, Rod Marinelli and Scott Linahan. Well, not I do a disservice there to Rod Marinelli. It's more Scott Linahan, but. Uh, yeah, so I look forward to that news in the in the coming months in the, in the season. So uh, I'll maybe try and go on holiday when that happens. But uh, yeah, so Dallas, they've over you know to be fair to him, they've over overachieved. And if you bring in a new head coach, you know what they're going to do do differently. Uh, you know, because if they don't get as good a record as Jason Garrett's got this season, it could be uh, all hell breaking loose over there in Dallas. So um, I begrudgingly will allow Jason Garrett to come back next season, just so we can keep his corner.
2: Wasn't um, wasn't Jason Garrett kind of a bit non-committal when he was talking about Lenhan coming back though?
1: Yeah, but yeah, it's just just fobbing us off. He, did, he, he, he <laughs> didn't, didn't wanna, he, did, he didn't want to double down on the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
2: know you you can you can only wait and see, can't you? Yeah. But you must be you must be relatively happy with if with the season
1: as a whole. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh we well we're, we're overachieved in my opinion, but it's because the defense stepped up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the, but that that's why it, it doesn't seem like that, that side of the ball kind of flashing the pan. It seems like you know you've got some young cornerstone there to build around. You know you've got a bit Jalen Smith, Byron Jones.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, if you can keep all
1: the Lawrence from you know you've got you've got some good pieces to build around. Yeah, absolutely. DeMarcus Lawrence is a, is a free agent. Um, yeah, he's a free agent in the in the off season. So I'd be interesting to see what we do with him. I, I, I'd be surprised if we let him go. I think we'll we'll do something to to make sure he stays. But um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. We I think we tagged him this season, didn't we? So we'll probably do that. Maybe do it again, or just get paid. But uh, yeah, there's enough youth on on that defense, and they they've stepped up well for um, for for Rod Marinelli. So yeah, just I think the, I think the problem is Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia next season. I think will be a bit of a juggernaut. So it'd be interesting to see how that that kind of all plays out. I think they yeah they, they've got um, I know they got made made the playoffs this season, but they. It was lucky actually that they they were as as injured as they were because they they were kind of rolling a little bit, which we'll get to uh, a bit later on. But let's move on to to your game then, Lee. Um, this one again, a non contest after New England three opening straight touchdowns.
2: Sorry, so again, you kind of broke
1: up. I'm uh, just saying the three straight touchdowns for the New England Patriots <laughs> kind of put this one out, out of. Um, oh yeah, very very <laughs> very very funny. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> was going
2: to do. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah just sort of fell flat in his face, in it? the child to saved the worst performance of the year for the biggest game of the year. Um, you can't be anything less than 100% when you go on the road up, up in Foxborough for a playoff game. And it just came down to execution at the end of the day, kind of what I was thinking about when I was talking about sort of being experienced in the playoffs. Um, that are a well-oiled playoff machine, and it showed really, didn't it? Mm. Um, Brady picked apart uh, the Zone D and they just... Just see, the charges just seem to tick off the pace at the whole time. You know, both sides of the ball, special teams, coaching, just seem like you know, just that maybe that bit of experience, that bit of know-how. And don't get me wrong, I think this loss will stand in good stead in in the long run um, because obviously no one likes to lose, but you got loads of these mistakes. And I get the feeling that a lot of these players were nervous and played quite nervous as well because a lot of the things that we doing were out of character. Like Des King, for example, must punt. He's like made all pro as a punt returner. So kind of of character. Mike Williams dropping an early deep ball Um was another one that sprung to mind. Um, and yeah, he just wasn't there. You know, he just didn't turn up, and that's just disappointing. It, it was kind of you know it's, it's very one-sided. On the you know on the flip side, we have got the Patriots. Edelman caught everything which he does in playoffs. You know, James White caught about thirty-seven passes which he does in the playoffs. And um, Sony Michelle did whatever the hell he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, you know, at the end of the day, it's just that classic, I'm not angry, but I'm disappointed kind of reaction. Yeah. Because he was out of sight uh, yeah. early on. And just after just a great season. It just kind of got it that it ended on a bit of a damp squib, really. And, you know, he didn't really show what he can do. Because, obviously, we were all we were talking it off and a lot of other people were talking it off saying the Chargers have a great chance. And, you know, they did. You know, it's not sort of, sort of hanging on or clutching straws. They, they did, and they just blew it really didn't turn off. However, going on to next week, we won't have gone too much into this. Obviously, we'll, we'll cover this later in the week. I do strongly believe that we have done the Kansas City achieves a huge favour ahead of the championship game because I think we showed that the Pats are susceptible to the deep ball all day. We tried, we tried to hit that early and like quite often. And mm-hmm. um, so get your money on Pirate Kill next week. I think you to have a big game.
1: Yeah, Keenan Allen, obviously, with the 43-yarder uh, there, he was he was wide open as well to, to level it up at 7-7. Seven, uh, seven, seven. Yeah, but this one for the, for the Patriots was one of, on both lines, wasn't it? The offensive line um, opening those holes for for Sonny Michel and, and James White and, You know, mm-hmm. all those... All those dink and dunk plays that they like, and uh, the new offensive lineman Rob Gronkowski, uh, whilst he didn't really catch many, uh, he was he was an extra blocker, wasn't he? And his his blocks were the keys to those big runs. Uh, and then on the defensive side, Trey Flowers, uh, he was always he was in the backfield, nearly frying passes, um, and that that pass rush was was hassling Philip Rivers all day, uh, and just didn't give him any time for for the longer the longer routes to to d- develop. And that was kind of that was kind of it, really. Yeah,
2: yeah, it well. was. Um, I think we need to invest on the O-line. Uh, it's been a bit substandard for the whole year, really. And, um, yeah, it definitely showed on the biggest stage, you know, against a, a team that blitzes quite a lot, doesn't have, like, headline talent at the pass rush position. Mm. Uh, they just blitz a lot, and it's the system kind of thing, and we just got out, out-schemed and yeah. You know, outdone. Yeah, It's it, like they in the trenches on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, and of course, some people will point to the, the travel aspect as well. You know, week seventeen going to Denver and then yeah, and then traveling to Baltimore and then traveling to New England. That's a lot of miles. Uh, for, for I did I,
2: I think that about. I did think after we were in Baltimore, obviously we knew our destination. So after when we won in Cleveland and then we had London. In the next week, and we stayed in Cleveland before we traveling to London, obviously, to, to save that that back and forth. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't do that again. It's really, really weird decision. I thought.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, maybe the travel and the uh, the, the the funny start times maybe caught up with them uh, a little bit there, but yeah. Even even so, even if it was a bit more even even keel on that, I think they uh, they were well and truly soundly beaten there. The, the Chargers and they'll come back uh, next season, no doubt, for, uh, a, bit, a bit stronger as well. Just before we move on to the final game, uh, Tom Brady broke an NFL record for consecutive postseason passes uh, without an interception as well. So he'll continue that over in Kansas City. Uh, this weekend let's move on to the final game of the weekend then Philadelphia versus New Orleans Philly jumping out to a 14 to nothing lead in this one and then doing nothing for the for the rest of the game uh, New Orleans just about getting this one done kind of needed to be woken up a little bit
2: yeah they did um, yeah it, it was kind of they jumped out to that lead didn't they and then they kind of like you say woke up oh it was a really fun game actually definitely like you said the, the the best game of the weekend neither offense was really fluid I would say I thought it was tough Get yards for the most part, uh, but that was, uh, that wasn't down to either offense like not playing. I thought it came down to pretty solid defending, mm. which obviously I'm all for as uh, regular listeners will know. Um, although I'll say solid defending, obviously, but um, John Matthews touchdown in the first quarter was done a completely blown coverage where I think it was PJ Williams and he just like kind of stopped playing, which is kind of weird. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the Eagles started out half racing to another lead and then. Uh, Conversely, New Orleans and Drew were really sluggish. And then after the first fifteen the, the script was flipped and you know, New Orleans came all out and it was all, all them and mostly Michael Thomas who who was doing damage and just played up to his extremely accurate Twitter handle of can't guard Mike.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely he went bananas, didn't he? Um and it's been yeah. like, it's been like that all season but yeah the, the big turning point in this one and what got the Saints going was that was that fake punt on on fourth uh, fourth and short from you know well in well inside their own half uh, leading to a Keith Kirkwood touchdown there which I also think was fourth down um for, right for, so, won't get there. Yeah, so, so that's a big yeah that's a big difference there because I think that was uh well, 14-3 going into the half uh, as well so yeah, big turning point there allowed gave, gave the Saints a platform there to, to build upon. But yeah, everyone makes a lot of, of this Alshon Jeffery drop. Uh, which well was a drop went through his hands and was was you know, deflected if you like, into uh, the Saints for an interception, but uh, he's been fantastic for the for the for the Eagles mm. over the last couple of postseasons. I think that was his first drop uh, in the postseason over the last two years as well. So uh, a bit harsh for people to to kind of blame it on him, but yeah, th- another key to this one was that there were quite a lot of injuries. Uh, defensive uh, lineman rankings for for New Orleans is is out. I think he tore his Achilles, didn't he? Uh, and then on the Philadelphia yeah. side, quite a lot of people went out. Um, I know Fletcher Cox was down for a little bit. Michael Bennett uh, and Brooks as well, one of the offensive linemen there. Went down, so maybe the, the part of the reason why the offenses didn't really get clicking was because of the the rhythm and the and the, the personnel on the fields not you know not being consistent and um, not causing that that rhythm and that that chemistry to to allow big plays and uh, more efficient uh, offensive play. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Potentially, potentially right. And obviously, when you see bad injuries, um, because like you say, Sheldon Mankins was a bad bad injury. Then you have Brandon Brooks, which was quite a bad injury as well, quite a graphic injury, I think. Mm. Um, and that kind of like ruins your mentality a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Um, just wanted to ask you on on the on this game. Obviously, it, it, even after all that we said about you know New Orleans and Michael Thomas going mad and stuff like that, um, it still came down to the final drive. Yeah. Um, and obviously, when the ball was in the hands of uh, you know twelve game twelve winning drives, uh, and, you know, Nick Foles, did you just think, "Here we go again"? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think they call, they refer to him as Big Nick Dick, don't they? Uh, Big, yeah, whatever he's. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, but
2: yeah, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things, wasn't it? You know, you got got the ball back seven, seven to win, yeah. and uh, yeah, you, you got enough time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just thought I just thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh,
1: as I was watching. Yeah. So did I. Just. I just, I, I
2: was just wondering why your thoughts works obviously we, we said we wouldn't do a podcast and obviously you said it'd be the worst case scenario obviously Dallas went
1: out and then the Eagles won. yeah yeah absolutely but uh, yeah I mean the, the script was written wasn't it uh, just didn't out yeah it didn't really didn't turn out that way obviously because of uh, Alshon Jeffries uh, he went through his hands uh, which I've said, obviously, not his fault. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think there still probably would have been enough time for, for the Saints to maybe go and try a field goal. But, yeah, you know, when, when you're down six and you've got a chance to score a touchdown, you and sneak it by a one, similar to like, last week, isn't it? It's just the, the Houdini effect of, of just getting out of situations and, and getting to the next round, which is what Philadelphia have done uh, for the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, I did I did feel the worst when the started the drive. But, uh, thankfully, Drew Brees must have heard my prayers and, and got it done for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing I will say actually, on on the back of that game, and not not that I'm I'm one, an advocate for giving Philadelphia credit because, um, yeah, for obvious <laughs> reasons, but I, I must I must admire I, I must admire Doug Peders- Pedersen's play calling with the, with his personnel and how he schemes things up. He's very I know he's he's well highly regarded, but even still, I, I still think he's, he's a bit underrated in what he puts into the game and what he allows people like Foles and Wentz to do, considering all the injuries they have.
2: Yeah, Nuremberg no, a great great mind. Um, yeah, their, their offence is usually pretty fun to watch. Mm. Uh, it's quite clever, there's quite a lot of um, unusual plays you don't see every day, so it's making bit more interesting to so sort of like the neutral plan or uh, just anyone really. Yeah.
1: Yeah, now we have a well, now we have a whole off season to look forward to, with uh, full of uh, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz questions.
2: Yeah, I kind of need to nip that in the bud. I think yeah. uh, I've seen a few. Do you go have like you know the bigger sort of sites and 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 uh, writers sort of saying like uh, articles such as uh, five uh, trade destinations for about like that. Nothing need to just pull out to bed straight away. Obviously. It'll be Nick Foles that'll that'll leave and and probably
1: get a handsome payday somewhere, you know, somewhere like Miami or Jacksonville, maybe. Yeah, yeah, people, it's just people looking for clicks and looking for reaction, isn't it, and trying to make themselves, uh, make themselves the the talk of the town, but yeah, no, it's all stupid. Carson wants to be the QB next season, no doubt about it. Okay, moving on, that is all the four games of the divisional round wrapped up, so during those four games, there were a couple of decisions that needed to be clarified and maybe leaving some of you with a bit of a, a head scratch. So let's talk to Roger to find out what it was all about.
3: Yes, there are penalties in the Pro Bowl.
2: <laughs> defence number 24. The ball is placed at the one-yard
3: line, first down.
1: OK, it's time to talk a couple of decisions and a couple of officiating uh, calls over the weekend Roger we've given you a nice little new drop for the segment as we we enjoy it so much we thought we'd give you something a little extra special but so uh, yeah we welcome you and I hope you had a good weekend
0: yeah it's very good thank you football all weekend can't be bad
1: no absolutely it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss it we're gonna get withdrawals uh, syndrome aren't we when uh when it when it goes in a couple very of weeks. shortly yeah absolutely yeah very shortly down to, down to just already the two missing a
0: Saturday night game and haven't even finished the divisionals Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, just a couple of weeks obviously left, down to two games this weekend and then a week before the Super Bowl. But of course, over the weekend, a couple of games with a couple of interesting uh, periods of play, shall we say, from a, an officiating standpoint. So of course, we'll bring you in to, to bring those down. So let's start off in the Dallas uh, LA Rams game where there's a, a couple, including uh, the, the lineman uh, fiasco with uh, one of the Dallas offensive linemen holding. Dak Prescott?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, there's no, no easy way to say this. The ref screwed up. <laughs> um, it, you not often hear it from me because it's not often true. You'll often hear it from fans that they'll um, blame anybody but their own team for the result. Um, but in this one, it's definitely down to the referee. Now, to try and explain his actions, uh, let's explain in the play to begin with. So Dak Prescott dropped back to pass, and um, the uh, defenders came through and were z- z- zoning in on him and what if his own lineman, bizarrely held him up um I'm not actually sure what the lineman was even thinking at this at this point um, but we have two two rule references that would could potentially come into play the play was blown dead by the referee so just to be clear, the referee is the guy with the white hat, primary lead official on the on the field, although everybody calls all the others referees. There's only actually one referee on the field. Um, so the referee, the white hat, has primary responsibility for the safety of the quarterback and everything around him. And he ruled the play dead. So why? Well, two things. I think why he screwed up was he wasn't really seeing that it was a Dallas uh, own offensive lineman that grabbed Dak. Now, if it had been a tackler on the opposition grabbing Dak, you could argue Dak was held, his progress was stopped, and quite rightly should blow the play dead because primary responsibility from the quarterback is safety, making sure you're not damaging their valuable assets. And if you have a person who's held in that position, they're very vulnerable if you let the play go forward because they can't defend themselves, they can't move, his arms were pinned, etc. So, you know, rightly, if it was a tackler, you can see why it would have been stopped. So my only explanation for this could have been that the, um, the referee thought that it was a defender that held him and as a result called the play quite rightly in that circumstance he said in her post-match interview that uh, when asked by one of the reporters that he saw um, the tackler um, and he was being held and he didn't go into why he thought it wasn't a uh, I guess in, in the heat of the moment the question is you know you wouldn't expect to see one of his own linemen hold him mm. yeah, <laughs> so that... I can sort of understand why now, the question then goes twofold to that, which is the other rule that might come into play is um, assisting the runner, because at this stage, Dak had the ball and was a runner. And there's certain things you can do to assist a runner, but one of them isn't encircle your arms around him and move <laughs> him in a particular direction, um, either be away from the defenders or towards, um, and that would have been penalty, but he didn't do that. And so then the, the other thing then to consider is, if the referee had, of in effect, made a mistake because it was not a tackler on the opposition, it was one of his own people holding him, then we actually come into the situation where we talked about last week of an inadvertent whistle. In other words, the play was blown dead before it should have been. Now, in this circumstance, I think that that is what should have been ruled. And the reason why I think it makes a difference is if you rule that Dak was in the grass uh, even if it was by the wrong player you then move on to the next play so we move from third down to fourth down and third down whichever it was at the time if you rule that it was an inadvertent whistle potentially you have the option to replay the down which seems more equitable mm. in my opinion in terms of what should have happened yeah. but it wasn't it was ruled that he was in the grass rightly or wrongly we move on to the next play
1: yeah, certainly one of those again. One of those you don't see very often. I, I can understand why. You know, if you've got someone grasping around the quarterback and, ar- and arms round, I know you, they've got the, the whole point of uh, distinguishing the offense and, de- and defense or the two different teams is by having different color jerseys. But if you've, you know, if you <laughs> if you look at it from a step back and you just see someone grabbing the quarterback, you automatically think it's going to be um, you know a pass rusher. So you know, he at the moment yeah. maybe logically can, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, but just a shame that. Uh, Yeah, that kind of happened. But, uh, Roger, there's obviously a couple of other things uh, in that game, including, was it a pass interference?
0: Yeah. um, Byron Jones um, from um, Dallas was um, defending, if I remember. I'm just trying to think of the actual play. Um, No, no, that was, sorry, wrong play. That was a hands-to-face penalty. It was actually um, Golden Tate for the Eagles uh, was going downfield for a pass, and the play was, or the ball was thrown slightly short. So the defender was between the quarterback and the defender, uh, between quarterback and the receiver. Now, in often in these circumstances, when the play is blown or thrown short, the receiver comes back to the ball, mm. and the defender who wasn't looking for the ball runs through the receiver. As a result of that, because he isn't looking then the decision on whether it's pass interference or not actually comes an easier one. If, if the defender is playing the ball, he has every right to actually the ball, and he has equal right to the ball as the receiver does. Yeah. But if you're not looking for it, then obviously you're not playing the ball, and therefore if you played the man, there's a penalty. What happened in this particular play was the defender slowed up at the same time as the receiver did and basically stood in front of him. Now, The commentator on the field um, said the words face guarding. Now, face guarding is actually a high school rule rather than an NFL or NCAA rule. And you're not allowed to, in effect, get in the way and try and distract the person receiving the ball um, and wave your arms in front of him, even if you're not actually interfering with him physically. In NCAA and in the NFL, you have to have physical contact. And that didn't happen. Nor be and it was therefore a very good no-call for the defensive pass interference. Mm.
1: Yeah, you do see that quite literally in the NFL, and quite a lot of the people in uh, commentary will will say uh, will mention when there's a, a dubious pass interference kind of call to be made. They, they'll always establish what what the defender is doing, whether or not they've got their their back to the ball, what uh, they're doing with their arms. Um, so yes. actually, the, the commentators are actually quite good at breaking that one down. And obviously now. Um, this this year, I think, especially they've they've made a point of all the all the commentary uh, guys having a, a referee specialist in there to break it all down, which I think helps the, helps the cause.
0: It certainly helps, and it helps more when there's a nuance of the play. You know, simple yeah. plays, you know, straightforward passing, interference, straightforward holding. Then yes, you can see that the the commentators would have knowledge of those without the intricacies of the play. When you have a weird and wonderful like last week's uh, selection, mm. then you definitely need the rules analysts.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and again, they were they were needed, um, and uh, the but a brief review review as well on the, on this one with the uh, the double fumble, which we don't see too often, but maybe there was a bit of grease on that ball in Philadelphia. But Michael Bennett, <laughs> um, yeah, eventually getting overturned uh, the decision of, of a double fumble. Uh, do you just want to take us through the the process of that?
0: Yeah, well, start. I'd correct you, it wasn't in Philadelphia. It was actually in the New Orleans in, Dome, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was featuring Philadelphia. Um, so what happened was Breeze dropped back to pass and he the ball was not free. What was ruled on the field was that the Eagles not only touched the ball, but recovered the fumble. Then what happened was the recovering player fumbled the ball and the Saints recovered. Now, in that ruling, what you have is a double change of possession. So you had the Saints had it. Then Philadelphia had it and then the Saints got it back. If that had been the case as the ruling on the field, the Saints would have got it back with the first down because it's was a new series, a new um, possession series because the other team had already had it. They'd given it all the way back to them. So it's first and 10 from wherever they recovered. Um, but replay came on board and quite rightly ruled that the Eagles player who had been ruled on the field to have had possession didn't. Mm. Now again, as we discussed previously, like in passes, a fumble and recovery, the same rules apply. In order to have the recovery, you need to have the ball in your control, and you need to be able to do a football move, um, usually a number of steps or be able to just, um, protect yourself or turning upfield, et cetera. all of those things count as football moves. So if you look at the play, the Eagles person touched the ball, he technically muffed the ball, and he never possessed the ball. very important subtle difference between those two, going back to the rules analysis, and quite rightly, Replay overturned it and said, no, the Philadelphia play never actually possessed the ball. He never had that control long enough to establish the possession, and therefore quite rightly ruled it that it was um, Saints ball, Mm -hmm. which was the same result, but not... A first and ten it was then the next down
1: yeah I think that ended up being a fourth down in the end there so they uh, I think they punted but yeah
0: yeah I think it was the punted mm. away didn't they yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and obviously that was obviously reviewed because of the, uh, the potential of it being a turnover because all turnovers are reviewed
0: yeah, because there was a change of possession. Yeah. Um, if there hadn't been a change of possession, obviously replay wouldn't have come in, involved unless there was a score challenge. or a coach's challenge. challenge. But because there was a change of possession, it automatically went to review and quite rightly replay did a good job and overturned.
1: Perfect. So f- flipping back to the, the Dallas game for a moment, obviously there, there was a call there that you mentioned earlier about Byron Jones, uh, the hands-to-the-face call, which many people were a bit upset with. Do you just want to quickly gloss over that one before we uh, before we finish up?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so, first of you, you need to understand that the rules that uh, uh, um, receivers and defenders go by are slightly different, to close line play. Um, what you have, and it's a particular point of emphasis for the referees this year uh, passed down from the competition committee, is that the defenders cannot jab their hands into the receivers' faces, uh, face masks, etc. Um, and you will see that the um, particular uh, officials, all the receivers are watched um, by one particular official. So if you're the wide out on the, the nearest the line, then the deep guy down that line is actually watching one on a one-on-one basis. So whilst it may not be obvious uh, in the overall um, video of the play, that particular person is watching very intently what's going on between those two receivers from the moment that the actual snap goes. And so what happened was the defender put his hand towards the face guard and pushed the receiver's helmet and twisted his helmet. Mm -hmm. Um, It was quick. If you look at it in slow motion, you'll see that it was there. You'll see the head turn. It was a good call. You're not allowed to um, put your hands above the the body of the uh, um, receiver um, to, to jar your hands into his face. So good call. It was critical at the time and it turned what was a long third down into uh, an automatic first down so you know it was away from the play people didn't like it because it was quick people didn't like it because it it was not near the the actual um, what was going on on the field but um, the foul immediately happens it's a safety foul so it was rightly called mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Uh, impartial as ever, Roger. Really enjoyed enjoyed that. I had a couple of people reach out to us last week, actually saying they quite enjoy the uh, this segment of the podcast where they they can learn a bit more uh, about the game because yeah, you know, last time I checked, the NFL rulebook was was quite a hefty document.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, but yeah, happy so, to answer any questions if anybody's got
1: any. Yeah, and uh, you can you can get in contact with Roger at Roger Goodgroves there on Twitter, and he's he's also um, very. Very active on Facebook as well, posting up clips for for the cause as they happen as well. Which I noticed over the weekend, you, you put the uh, clips up there for for um, decisions as they
0: happen. Yeah, try to do to make um, people better see clearly what's being talked about.
1: Yeah, like no, very uh, very informational and uh, very good knowledge for the, for the guys out there. Appreciate you coming on, Roger. We'll speak to you next week, no doubt.
0: Pleasure. Hopefully, so do you, soon too.
1: It's time to get your pens and papers, it's time to do the quiz, it's the full 10 questions. Yes, it's that time of the week where we put all your NFL knowledge to the test, and today's guest is an NFL superfan who has a horde, uh, an army of followers who (laughs) look to to win swag each and every week. Uh, We welcome on board Claire Ball, who can be found on Twitter at ClaireDeBear85. Uh, Big Bears fan. Claire, we welcome you in to the show. How are you doing on this Tuesday evening? Uh, Fine, thank
3: you, Happiness, just recovering from the uh, shock games of the of the weekend,
1: <laughs> and obviously the the shock from the the week before as well, where Cody Parky with the uh, double doinkers.
3: Oh. Oh. oh, just for the the width of the paint on the posts. Mm. But um, I'm currently receiving counselling for that. But it's <laughs> fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite, not bit at all. It's quite quite some effort to hit both uh, both the upright and the uh, and the crossbar. Eh?
3: Yeah, that I mean, that does take some skill, not the skill we're looking for, no. but it does take some skill. No. Um, it looks like Parky may not be back from some of the things that have been said in interviews. And Robbie Gould becomes a free agent in the off-season, so wouldn't that be lovely to welcome <laughs> him back home?
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely would, yeah. Obviously, one of the, be- the best kickers since he actually left um, Chicago as well. But it would kind of make you think why, why they bothered letting him go in the first place.
3: He he did admit that he did have some issues and he did sort of hit a slump and, you know, like they say, change is as good as a rest. So maybe he's had a change and he can come back now. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of the the best kickers uh, in the league over the last couple of years. But back to you, Claire, obviously you're a big NFL fan. So you have a a horde of uh, army of followers over there on on Twitter. So do you just maybe want to give for the people out there that don't know who you are and uh, shame on them, obviously, just a a bit about yourself and about what you do? (laughs)
3: Um, so, uh, you said my name is Claire Ball, but I'm better known as Claire DeBert, um, NFL superfan. And um, what I do, um, I have a Twitter account at ClaireDeBert85, and I go to NFL events, I enter razzies and competitions and whatnot, and I collect. Um, mainly signed stuff because it is harder to get hold of, but um, any NFL bits and pieces and bargains that I can get um, hold of. And then I will put a bundle or a prize package together uh, nearly every week for every team in the NFL is covered that I do. So I don't just cover the Bears, even though I'm a heavy Bears fan, I'm in. Um, And then we, uh, we razz it off on Twitter and someone wins um, every week or every two weeks that we do a, do a giveaway. Yep. Um, you can check out um, hashtag NFL giveaways or NFL giveaway without the S, um, all capitals, um, and we do amazing stuff. And I my giveaways are open to followers no matter what team you follow or which country you live in. Mm. Um, they are open to you because I, what happened was I won something and then wasn't eligible right. to win it. And I didn't like that. No, no. Um, and so I like that mine are uh, very inclusive. It is for everyone. It's a, it's becoming a global sport. It's no longer um, America's little secret. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's huge and it's gr- it's the fastest growing sport in not only the UK but Europe at the moment. Um, so the secret's out, and it's. I'm very lucky. I live in London and the NFL court. London with Wembley Games and um, Tottenham this year Um, and so I can get to events and bump into Odell Beckham or Andrew Luck and get something signed and I get the exciting thing of oh I stood next to Odell Beckham but then I give that away to someone who's never going to get that chance even if it's the little boy in Scotland who's never getting down Or it's some girl in the Philippines who, like, the NFL is never coming to her. Why should their fandom and their love for the sport be less recognisable than someone who is as lucky as we are, not only in the UK, but uh, in the States and near their team? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, luckily for us in Scotland, um, I live in Scotland as well. So luckily, the NFL's um, coming to us in, in bits and bobs. Obviously, NFL Live. I think are, are having an event in in Scotland soon. But yeah, we don't uh, don't get too much. We have to travel all the yes. way down to London if we want if we want something. But
3: yeah. And they're always like, if you're listening to this this podcast and you've never been to one, and it's something like seven or eight pounds for a ticket. A pound of it pays for the venue, and then seven quid of it goes off to—I believe it's um, the Comic Relief, but it's the sport, sport version of it. Yeah. Um, sports Relief. That's it. Um, so the ch- most of the money goes off to charity, and you will get an evening that most fans won't get. It's definitely worth putting the effort in to go and. Oh, I'm not in London, it does take me a couple of hours to get to London, but I'm well prepared to do that. And what mm. I do, I do spend my own money to go to these things. And so it costs me about 30 quid to go to the event and then another bits and bobs for my ticket. And then I think, oh, well, if I have 30 quids worth of fun just being with other fans and chatting, that's fine. If I get an autograph, that's a super-duper bonus. But mm. if I don't, I always think I've had my money's worth. Yeah. The NFL do put a good show on. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they were in Southampton either last night or the night before, or something, weren't they? With uh, Mo Sanu uh, and the other name uh, escapes me. But yeah, they do some good events there. But Obviously, you do your part as well with your Twitter followers, and I say we're proud to be one of your followers. So uh, continued luck with that. But obviously, being being a super fan, Claire, how how would you rate your knowledge as super as well?
3: Um, in some areas, yes. Uh, less in others, but uh, that
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um. It's okay. We'll see like, how it goes. Yeah, I'll say well, you've only got to beat three, which is my poor, pathetic performance uh, uh, last week or the week before. So um, yeah, you, you, not not too bad, um, and they, they shouldn't be too hard to, to answer some of them anyway. So if you if you get if you, even if you get to three, you can come and join me, and we can we can just have a we can cry <laughs> together. <Yeah. laughs> it will. Right, okay, so format is, uh, and to everyone out there, as you will know, it's ten questions. uh, No time limit, but if you take a bit too long on one of the questions, we shall move you on. uh, And we'll do all the answers at the end to see how you got on. How does that sound? Does that sound good?
3: It's a fair cop. It's the same for everyone else. Let's go.
1: Let's go, okay. (laughs) Question one, which team plays at TIAA Bankfield?
3: Bank at the bank. Oh, Jags.
1: Which number does Drew Brees wear? Oh, number nine. Which team has the most Super Bowl wins?
3: Oh, are we including before the Super Bowl era? Because that changes the answer.
1: No, so just Super Bowls.
3: Just Super Bowls, it is, boringly, the Patriots. Okay. If we are including before that, and we're including the championship, it is the Packers.
1: Okay, going for going for a double, going for a bonus point there. Um, <laughs> how many yards does an encroachment penalty incur? Uh,
3: Five yards.
1: Okay, which player scored the most touchdowns in the twenty eighteen regular season?
3: Most touchdowns. Was it Alvin Kamara?
1: We'll find out very shortly. 2002 saw which team have its first season in the NFL?
3: 2002? Their first
1: season in... The Jaguars? Which no,
3: they got in and up. Oh.
1: Which player... Oh, well. I'll, I'll <laughs> which player did New Orleans take in the first round of the 2018 draft? Thomas, uh, how many teams each year complete in the uh, compete in the playoffs?
3: Uh, each side, so AFC, NFC. Yep, yeah, but all all together, yep. Yeah.
1: That's my rubbish maths now. It's twelve. Uh, who is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles?
3: Oh, ugh. pass. <laughs> I, and that's going to, uh, we're going to hang up this call and I'm going to go, that's it.
1: <laughs> uh, and finally, last one, question number 10. How many ration yards within 75 did Adrian Peterson amass in
3: 2018?
1: In which year? So the year just gone, regular season, 2018, with the uh, Washington Redskins. Adrian Pe- Pfft,
3: Like next to nothing.
1: 2,000 million. Okay. I don't even think that. Okay, let's check your answers. Start off very well. Which team plays at TIA Bankfield? Is of course Jacksonville. Uh, Drew Brees does yep. wear number nine. Uh, I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers down as the team having most Super Bowl wins with six. So um, New England yes, Patriots just coming cool. about
3: that a little bit longer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, five yards is of, of course an encroachment penalty. Um, Todd Gurley was the, the player with the uh, most touchdowns in the regular season. Um, oh yeah. I think it was 21 off the top of my head. I think he was the only person to get to 20-plus. To uh, 2002, it wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, it was the Houston Texans. Oh! I was, that,
3: <laughs> I was talking up which the new teams were. So I was like, was it the Panthers as well? That was my other sort of... But yeah, they changed where they came from.
1: Uh, uh, yep. And then so um, New Orleans took Marcus Davenport in the first round of the 2018 draft. Um, they obviously tra- they traded up, I think, for for him as well, and they gave up uh, next year's. But I think they got the Packers pick as well. So um, yeah, a bit of a difficult one. That one uh, is twelve. Yeah. Is twelve teams that compete in the playoffs each year. Uh, the head coach of Philadelphia Eagles. Another stab at that? No, but I can yeah. see
3: his face, and he's really young. Yeah.
1: Uh, D- D- uh, Doug Pedersen is the uh, Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Always wears that visor, which really annoys me for no reason whatsoever. Yes.
3: Yeah. You're like you're not
1: playing golf, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, Adrian Peterson uh, managed to rush for uh, one thousand and forty-two yards in uh, last season there uh, yeah. with with the Redskins. So the good, the good news is Claire that you you beat uh, you beat me on you beat me my score of three.
3: Yeah. So you got four.
1: I'll take. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey. that, that, that is fine. So yes, so four there. So but uh, one. Once again, thank you so much for coming on and really appreciate what you do there for the Twitter at following. No, that, and uh, yeah, good that, luck Good luck going forward.
3: That's Thanks for having us. Um, I always appreciate listening to the the cast and encourage uh, others others to do so. It's a, an excellent time killer, but in a positive way, if that makes sense. I don't feel like I'm goofing off. No, absolutely. Um, but it's excellent to be like, oh, I'll put the chores on and, and, and listen to you guys while I do stuff. So... Yeah, but th- thanks for having me. I'm gutted. I should have took my time. It was too too quick on the questions, but that will teach me. That will teach me. Um, but thanks, Scott. Keep up the great work.
1: Cool, and we'll yeah we'll no doubt to log into your live streams as well for all those uh, swags and those those prizes that you give away. And just a just reminder to everyone out there, if you uh, aren't following Claire, it's at Claire eighty five, and say she gives uh, gives away goodies every couple of weeks or so. So very much worth a follow. Now back to Lee to talk about favourite broadcasters. <music> Top work there from Claire on the quiz. Uh, now before we uh, head off to the rest of the week uh, we're going to talk about some obviously that when we when we watch games we have broadcasters and we have d- different duos and some probably more favored than others so Lewis, just kind of get your thoughts on what what your favorite broadcasters are or you know if you have a favorite or if there's any particularly that you don't like for me personally i quite like all of them but when uh, before tony romo came along and it was uh, phil sims and, and jim nance I, I could not stand for the laugh of me phil sims oh really i, will, I
2: didn't mind phil sims um, I, I really like Romo. Romo's one, one of my favourites. Um, just like his in-depth knowledge that he just gives you, and you know, even as someone who's watched the game for quite a while, um, he must just teach, teach you other things. I know I pick up quite a lot of things for him as he's explaining mm. stuff. That, you yeah, know, you just add another layer to your viewing you experience. I think.
1: Yeah, I've also found out the this week or was it last week that they actually called the the second the second guy like Tony Romo or Chris Collinsworth a a color cord, uh commentator. So that was quite interesting. I'm not quite sure. Obviously, it's adding it's adding color to to the picture if you like. But uh, yeah, you can learn learn a lot of things off Tony Romo. I know quite a lot of people on 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 Twitter and all the rest of it say that he should be a coach, and you know maybe at some point in the future he, he may well be just because of the way he can break down defenses. Um, you know, similar to Peyton Manning, the way he does it, and Tom Brady, and they know what what's coming. It you, you just makes sense for him to be at least, at the very least, the uh, be be a quarterback coach.
2: Yeah, yeah, you would say so, wouldn't you? But um, as a, as a viewer, selfishly, I'd prefer him to be, you know, explaining things to me rather than
1: the than the the quarterbacks out there. Yeah, true. Yeah, but yeah, back to back to the duo kind of. So you know, NBC is is Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Do you do you, um? Notice that last couple of weeks, or maybe for a bit longer, actually, that Chris Collinsworth when he slides in, and they bring him yeah, in from the a, side. It's funny, isn't it? I saw
2: Chris Collinsworth uh, um, with like a bar, like going mad. You're know, like, like you would have seen at the World Cup in the summer. Yeah, um, yeah, soccer. yeah. it was like that. But just when Chris Collinsworth slid in. Yeah. So funny.
1: <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that kind of brings to it because they set Al Michaels up and he does his little introduction and that's all fine. But then for some reason he's like, it's almost as if he's 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 mucking about like off off camera, and then yeah. they slide him in. And he's you know like when they go back to a news presenter when they're not kind of ready and they're they're mucking about, but um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. not quite sure who yeah. who kind of introduced yeah, that, I, but
2: I I, yeah, I, I don't mind Collinsworth actually. I wish he wouldn't say "here's a guy." So here's
1: a guy. Yeah. You know, like really boring after yeah. the
2: eighth time in a yeah. game, but uh, yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite we've not mentioned though is Kevin Harlan he's oh. on CBS, I think. Um just think he's got a really nice like, turn of phrase and uh I really like his voice. Actually he's a bit like Roger actually. Mm. He's definitely got like a a voice for explanation.
1: Mm. Yeah, very uh, very smooth. Um yeah, yeah. but say um, if I if I had to rank them it, it would probably be um Tony Tony Romo and, and Jim Nance first, whereas previously with Phil Sims I, I another thing that really annoyed me was his philosophy. That really annoyed me as well. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was just so, <laughs> so cringe. Um, Yeah, initially when I first started watching the NFL, uh, NBC was, was probably my favourite. Um, and we'll, we'll put, like I said, at the top of the podcast, we'll, we'll put a poll out there to see. But, we, Lee, I, I suppose we, uh, we're assuming that Tony Romo and uh, Jim Nance are going to win it quite easily. Yeah, I would say so. I mean,
2: maybe a bit of recent spice as well. Mm. Would I want you- Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. I really like Joe Buck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Joe Buck's quite funny. He works. He works really hard as well. He does. He travels all over the country yeah, yeah. to do loads of different yeah. sports and that. But yeah, no, I quite like Joe Buck. Uh, Troy Aikman, I can. Yeah. I can take or leave. Obviously, being a, a Dallas uh, quarterback, uh, I'm. I'm quite happy to listen to him. But I assume there'd be loads of people out there that uh, that can't stand him. Yeah, for uh, the anti-Dallas
2: uh, you know, sort of. Anti bias kind of thing, mm. but just on the just on the joke and him sort of doing lots of other things. Kevin Hart also does the NBA as well, so uh, any NBA fans who also you know watch football or vice versa, uh, would probably have probably heard him do uh, NBA on TNT. Mm.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I'm not an NBA fan myself, and I don't think I can ever envisage myself getting into it. I tried to watch uh, NHL the other day, but I, again, I gave it five minutes and I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. So, never mind.
2: Yeah. It was too fast. Like the puck, I don't even know where to look half the
1: time. That's your that's your analysis. That's your analysis of NHL. Yeah, it is yeah. I just
2: don't know where to look. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my time's taken up with football quite a lot, and then not two other things. Well. So, uh, as much as I love like sport and stuff like that, I, I do dip my toe in up a lot.
1: Yeah. What talking of football, what did you think of uh, talking of Spygate in uh, Leeds and Derby? Yeah, it's an interesting one, wasn't
2: it? I think it's uh, it's been blown out of proportion, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not not great, but I think it probably happens more than we realise. And yeah, it's from blown out of proportion. I think yeah. uh, a lot of the people trying to draw uh, you know, up a lot of news stories that's not really there, to be honest with
1: mm-hmm. you. Maybe uh, maybe they should have sent Adam Gates down with his eyes to spy them. Yeah,
2: maybe. I mean, <laughs> they, you know, it's maybe it's uh, something they've got from Belichick. Yeah
1: here yeah, maybe do you see that video of Adam Gase with the taco and the uh, titanic music no. No. No, no no we might
2: tweet that one out that yeah. one
1: sounds good I'll retweet that basically it's uh, Adam Gase sitting down to do his interview and he does his eyes thing but there's a taco that flies around the room and they put it to the titanic music it's quite funny I'll, uh, I'll retweet that out <laughs> I will retweet yeah, everything's,
2: everything's-
1: yeah, so it's, it's all a bit, all a bit strange. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um, yeah, we will tweet that out, and I'll tweet out the uh, poll there for the broadcasters. But uh, I suppose that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back in a couple of days to to preview the championship games. The New England Patriots traveling to Arrowhead in Kansas City, and the New Orleans ha- Saints hosting the LA Rams in the battle of the one versus the twos, which should uh, should be quite good, quite quite a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be definitely. Um, yeah, we,
2: we probably have got the four best teams I would
1: say um, at this stage yeah, yeah. and
2: uh, yeah it should be fun it should be yeah. a, a good weekend of, of
1: football yeah but until then that's going to wrap it up for today on the full 10 yards podcast thank you all so much for listening thanks to Claire thanks to Roger and obviously a warm welcome there to Jamie um, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days to preview all the uh, the championship games there but in the meantime it's goodbye from Lee yeah goodbye everyone
2: um, on this uh, <laughs> commiserations Tuesday I guess we'll call it I hope you have a good week ahead and we'll
1: see you on Friday and it's goodbye from me too see you in a couple of days in the great words of Kevin Cadle it's bye bye for now bye bye
0: thanks for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on Facebook or Twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com.